everybody. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and when not out running weird, ridiculous runs, I'm at the moment in the gym and often found writing different books, articles, etc. on all things fitness, nutrition, and outdoors related. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach. So this week, we've this is actually like two weeks in a row, we've been home recording. This is starting to be a habit. Yes, yeah, we were barely left the house last last week. Yeah, we, we saw family twice in a row, both weekends, and they kept asking where we'd been, and we just kind of looked at them with these like shocked expressions, and we're just like, we haven't been anywhere. We've been home. And they were pretty surprised, too. Um, but it's been pretty nice. Yeah, a lot of lot of time spent in the gym lifting heavy things. I forgot how nice it is to have consistency of a singular gym that you can go to and, you know, put the same weights on and not be trying to get used to another set of kettlebells or... I think heavy is probably in quotes there. Hey! But, yeah. We're, we're getting back into the gym. I mean... We ease into things here. Fine. Whatever. Heavy-ish. Gradual exposure. Gradual exposure. Nonetheless, you know, I feel like I I lift fairly heavy for my height and weight class. The key is it's not a competition. Oh, maybe not to you, but if it was, I mean, I'd be winning. I mean, today's guest is, is informing you about the sport of fitness, so... Yeah, this is true. And she would kick my ass when it came to heavy lifting. There you go. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're easing back into the gym. This is a good consummate athlete sort of pursuit. We've talked a lot, a couple different episodes on strength training, some power lifting, and we've had um, the walking lunge for the cyclist strength uh, with Jacques Devore. One of our earlier episodes was Rob Herbst. That one went over really well, actually. I think that if you didn't get to hear that one, that was powerlifting, I think, Mm -hmm. right? And um, yeah, he was well-spoken and really, really good. We should almost see if he wants to come back on because he was a pretty, pretty cool guy. Loved talking and stuff. But uh, powerlifting is a great sort of basis, right? It's sort of those key, what is it, three lifts, I think. You got really into that after that episode. I don't know. I think I always squatted, but... I know, but I feel like you had a moment with the specific power lifts where you got really into them whereas i've never written down a weight or anything in my life yeah i mean i think that was probably coming off of a couple of the the courses i did and also probably just timing of year but sure we'll say it was all all robert yes that's what i'll say (laughs) uh so what else is going on you've been still running a fair bit yeah i had a really good long run yesterday in the kind of rainy weather i forgot how nice fall weather is to run it sucks when you first get up and like feel how chilly it is outside and definitely had a moment in the car when we got to the provincial park where i was like uh maybe i'll just cut this like planned two hour down to like 45 minutes and just chill in the car and read my read my book while i wait for peter to get done with his session but as soon as I got out and kind of warmed up in the first few minutes, you know, it just, it was flowing. It was great. I was out for two and a half instead of two. I was having so much fun. Well, and again, we'll all, we'll caveat what I'm about to say that if you're a cyclist or a non-runner oh, yeah. and you must ease into your running, grad- gradual exposure, uh, hiking is great, but I'm not saying this about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our weekly therapy but that is the nice thing you know that's why you know i i don't race a lot of cyclocross we were just talking about this and it's i don't do great in the cold 
We've never had, you know, team-wise or myself, I've never had a huge budget for it. I like the skills in cyclocross. I like to play, you know, pre-ride and, you know, help people learn the mounts and dismounts, obviously. Uh, but yeah, the weather just has never jived with me. And I realized I missed sort of that fall running season, um, and just the flexibility of it, right? Like it's, you can run in basically pouring rain. And if you have a decent raincoat and there's basically no weather that you can't run in and the better your clothing and your shoes and your, we were talking about strategies for sort of soggy trails the other day and Gore-Tex shoes and wool socks. And yeah, I don't know. I really like running, but also like mountain biking so yeah, yeah so yeah so we were doing a couple sessions we had a log hopping session and in the rain though while you were running on the semi-rainy day i think it was a beautiful were you misty guys day. responsible for taking the bark off one of those logs i saw on the trail no i don't think so because one lap i did there was bark on this one like log that was covered like it was a fallen tree on the trail I doubt it. And I don't then think so. I went around for the second loop after I saw you guys and there was no more bark on it. So I was wondering if you no, had, like, We didn't really session anything on trail. We were sessioning. We had square, uh, not boards, I guess. What would you call those? We'll say logs. We had like six by sixes, like chunks of wood, but okay. like flat on four sides or six sides, as it were. Rectangular prism. Um, and these I find quite helpful. You know, you can line them up, but then you can do singles, but they're big enough that you can sort of tap the top or you can clear over them. Uh, but they also don't roll, which is, you know, the big problem with logs. So if you're working on your skills this fall, which you should be, you know, there's no races coming up. There's no pressure. Uh, even if you're sort of taking some downtime, uh, find yourself some rectangular prisms. I'm just imagining myself practicing like barrel rolling on them. So literally just standing at the top of them being like, look, I'm, I'm staying upright. Barrel rolling. Like the thing where the log is rolling in the water. That's and log burling. There's actually another name for it too, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't. You, that's why you have the square rectangle or the rectangular prism. Is it doesn't, it does not roll in that. Also, fashion. if anyone knows anyone who happens to be really good at, at log, log burling, burling, please let us know. I would love to have them on. I actually think that's not the name technically, but like rolling of logs, like lumberjack style. You guys know what I'm talking. Someone about. was telling me they knew someone, but I, I've never remembered who it was. I once interviewed a guy who was like the top lumberjack in the U.S. Like he won the lumberjack games or something, but he also uses cycling as his like cross training. Mm, he'd be a good guy. Yeah, for sure. That was a fun one. Everyone likes. I mean, actually, they're pretty mixed at the gym, but the like swinging the axe or the hammer at the the tire and stuff and. I guess that. I mean, we're in Canada. Why don't you just chop wood? Well, that's often the <laughs> retort, right? But uh, it's the sport of fitness, and that's, I guess, what our our episode today is about. That's true. Actually, today's guest, Anna Tunacliff Tobias, could definitely teach me a thing or two about, I'm sure, doing any of those things at the gym and being amazing at them. She's been to the CrossFit Games five times. Her best finish was ninth. Um, and if that wasn't enough, she's also an Olympic gold medalist in sailing. Um, so she really epitomizes to me this idea of the consummate athlete. She grew up sailing, got really into it. Um, she actually now owns a CrossFit gym, um, but she is actually still sailing and, you know, not not thinking about the Olympics is sort really? of how she wow. put it. Wow, well, that's awesome. So really, really cool. I mean, we talk about like, 
you know, having a business and still making time for your fitness and stuff. So it's not just about how to CrossFit or how to sail, sort of about how to live a really active lifestyle. And she and her gym came heavily recommended from our friend Chris Mayhew, who is a cyclist, (laughs) and he's been going to that gym. I mean, I think the test of any CrossFit gym is if you know a person who goes there, how long they've been going. And Mm -hmm. Chris has been going there now for several seasons Mm -hmm. and uh, still cycling. And as far as I know, moving better than he ever has. So um you yeah. know, it sounds like she's a good person to talk about crossfit and strength training in general right yeah. and, and how that applies then that use of intensity right it's really no different when we talk about you know running intervals or any of these intensity versus strength training versus you know even some of the volume right they'd be doing volume they'd be doing longer workouts mm-hmm. um so it, it is an interesting thing like we did back when i was coached by steve neal who's been on the podcast twice um he had opened a gym and there was a couple of years we did a lot of CrossFit. Like we were doing long, long, like classic burner CrossFit workouts. And I will say like, if you can survive them, like the mental toughness that came out of that. And I think still, I like some of the stuff we did was just ridiculous, but so hard, but made like a mountain bike race. Just, you just have to do one more rep. And it was just like, you just get through it, right? I think my only caveat is going to be finding a good CrossFit gym where you have an instructor like Anna or Steve who actually will help you get the movements right, not just let you slam through them like a complete idiot. I think so. And I think selection of the exercises is pretty important. Like there's things that are very hard to hurt yourself with. And then there's things that are, you know, much easier. And there's things that are meant for high repetition. And there's things that are meant for low repetition, right? And um, most people, you know, anything overhead is going to be quite challenging, right? But the first CrossFit workout you might walk into might be, you know, pull-ups and putting something over your head that's heavy and explosive, you know, you know, doing that explosively or faster for time. So it's finding definitely with anything, right? That could be a cycling coach. Sure, that could yeah. be anything, really. I think CrossFit, just the intensity plus the weight lends itself to injury if you go in trying to win it when you've never lifted a weight in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, right? Like you can, you can fault it. And again, there's problems with spin classes there's problems with all sorts of things right um but you have to look at it from a perspective of it's again it's been around for so long right and yes i think my main thing is just don't be an idiot about it um i actually wrote an article for nylon about how to go to crossfit for the first time yeah we'll do that so without further ado let's dive in enjoy this episode everybody anna tobias welcome to the consummate athlete podcast Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we dive in, you have such a ridiculously long list of uh, Palmares, but what is, how do you describe yourself? What is your 30 second bio? <laughs> um, I am, I would just say I'm, I'm a very competitive person that likes to have fun. <laughs> um, I don't like to lose more than I enjoy to win, um, but winning is always an added bonus. Um, I and, love that. Yeah, I just... One of my main goals in life is to inspire young girls to follow their dreams. Oh, I love that. So you got your start in sailing, you have an Olympic gold medal, and then you moved on to CrossFit. So I want to start with sailing, because as soon as I heard that you did sailing, I was like, oh my gosh, that's such an interesting sport that like, I know no one who sails. So I, I really want to hear, how did you get into sailing at such a young age? Um, my parents sailed it's been a family sport um growing up they had a a boat they were um 
basically rebuilding a 40 foot wooden yacht that they rebuilt basically. And we'd spend our summers on that. Um, so I had to learn how to sail. Um, they never forced me into the competitive side of it. When I got a little older, I started racing with them. Um, and then just kind of started enjoying competition, I guess I would say. Um, I honestly, I hated the sport of sailing till I was about 12 years old. Um, (laughs) I just did it because that was kind of what we did as a family. Um, but then we moved to America and all of a sudden really started enjoying it. And, uh, from there set the goal of going to the Olympics. Okay. Now, did you go to the Olympics for the U S or for England? For the U.S. Okay. So is sailing bigger in England? I, I've just, like, literally never heard of anyone that does it. So, Yes, I would say it's a much more popular sport in England. It's probably one of the most successful sports Olympic-wise. Okay. Um, so they get, a, they get a fair amount of medals from the sport of sailing over there. Okay. So did you stick with it just because you knew you – you know, could be good enough to go to the Olympics or did you kind of grow to really enjoy it as your fun sport? Um, I grew to love it. So as I once I moved to America when I was 12, that's when I started enjoying it. And I think the part, the reason why I started enjoying it more then was because, um, if you, as a kid, if you're competitive, you like to do things that you're winning at, Mm -hmm. not things that you're losing at. And when I was in England, I was on the squad there uh, but I wasn't very good, and I would lose a lot. <laughs> um, and I re- and it was cold and miserable, and I didn't really enjoy it. But then we moved to America, and the summers are hot. Um, and where we moved to, I was actually quite good. Okay. And started, started winning, and from there, like, fell in love with it more and more. And I was watching the 96 Olympics um, on TV, and I was, like, watching the medal ceremony. And it wasn't for sailing. I don't even know what sport it was. I can't remember, but... I watched them put the gold medal around whoever's neck it was. And I was like, that's really cool. So I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to win a gold medal one day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> I love that. So with sailing, what what physicality is there? Is it like an upper body? Is it lower body? Is it whole body? What's working the hardest? <laughs> it's whole body and it's very boat dependent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's 11, or sorry, 10 different disciplines. Um, in the Olympics, so 10 different boats that you can sail. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, they all have their own little quirky things. Um, when I won the Olympics, um, it was full body, but um, basically a static hold on your legs and much more physical upper body, like a constant moving upper body, but a static hold on your quads. Okay. Um, the races then were... Um, and about an hour long and you do two or three races a day. The boat that I'm sailing now that we're campaigning for the 2020 Olympics in is not as physical on the legs. It's much more upper body physical. Um, the difference was when I was on the laser. So when I won, um, the boat was a laser, um, you hike basically. And what that means is you put a f- your feet, your toes underneath the strap that's in the middle of the boat. Mm-hmm. And then you extend your body out over the side. So basically from mid hamstring up is hanging out over the side. So you're using your quads and your core to kind of be a lever. This boat that I'm sailing now has trapezes. So basically I stand on the side of the boat. I'm wearing a harness and I'm hooked in to a wire that goes to the top of the mast. And I'm just hanging there. But I use my arms a lot to pull the sails up and down to keep the boat going fast. 
Okay. Okay, so you are trying for the 2020 Olympics. What made you decide to go back? Because the last time you raced was in 2008, right? It was. So I dabbled in it. Like, I did some coaching, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. This would be fun to get back. I needed a break, honestly. Like, right out of college, I started Olympic sailing. And for, like, nine years, I just lived basically Mm -hmm. out of a suitcase. And the 2012 Olympics were a bit hard on us. Um, We ended up fifth. Um, even though we were gold medal favorites going in. So it was a bit hard. We started campaigning again for the 2016, and it just got to the point where we just I just wasn't in it the same way as I had been the last two times. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to do this just to do it. Like, my heart is not in it. I'm not going to do it. And, so, and that's kind of when I was getting into CrossFit, too. Um, and then this last year, I would say, I dabbled in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do a regatta just to see – if I enjoy it still, mm-hmm. um, something happened. I wasn't able to compete. Um, and so then I decided, right, well, I wasn't going to sail that boat, but if I was going to, I'll sail, um, the 49 FX, which is the boat that we're sailing now. And, okay. uh, but it had to be with the right person. And now the girl I'm sailing with Paris, um, went to the Olympics in Rio, fantastic driver. Um, and so it was just something new, something different. Um, I've changed positions. I'm not driving anymore. I'm actually crewing, okay. which is a big, big change for me. Um, and so, um, yeah, we just, I don't know. The, I loved it when we did a, we did some training and it was fun and we did a regatta and it was a blast. And I was like, okay, let's give it a try and see, see what we got. So, Okay, so now now that you're the crew, do you are, do you find yourself being like a backseat driver, or has that been a really hard thing to tamp down? <laughs> I would say I probably am. There are times when I'm like, okay, you just got to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have, and, and that was one of the things we talked about was how much we communicate. And so far, um, the way we communicate is working. Um, it, it's hard for me. I'm learning to like keep my mouth shut sometimes when mm-hmm. I think we should do something because she's got a lot more experience in this boat. So, you know, the game changes depending on what boat you're in as well. Right. So she's got a lot more experience. So I'm just, I just, you know, keep quiet and just kind of trying to learn as well, be learn what I can from her. And then, you know, over the years we'll get better and better together and mm-hmm. um, be super fluid and on the same page all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone wanted to get into sailing, how does one do it? Because <laughs> this seems like there's a lot of lingo. There's a lot of very specific boat stuff involved. Yeah. Lay, how does a lay person just get into it? <laughs> the good thing about sailing is there's so many boats out there that, like, obviously I wouldn't say you probably try and dive into Olympic high-performance sailing straight away. Yeah. Um, it depends. You know, like, if you're a kid and, or you want your kids to get into it, there's yacht clubs and um, sailing clubs and sometimes just like communities have sailing programs that mm-hmm. um you know you can sign up with they're like a week two weeks all summer um you know it's a great way just to get the kids out on the water and if you know your parent looking to get some break from your kids you send them off with the uh, coaches and instructors for a while and they have a blast and tie themselves out um if you're an adult i would say probably go to your local sailing club like I would say 99% of clubs have racing, especially in the summer. Okay. Just, you know, and, and sailors are really cool. They'll, they'll let you hop on, you know. They'll, they'll say, yeah, you can come along for a ride if you want to check it out. And, you know, get, if you get hooked, and you can get in from there. 
Okay. All right. Good to know. So before you got into CrossFit, what did conditioning look like off the boat? Or did you pretty much only train on the boat? No, we did a lot off the boat, too. Um, it was your typical gym routine. You know, we'd have like chest and try day, back and by day, um, leg day, and it was just very monotonous. Um, I did a lot of, I actually did um, half marathon training to kind of like entertain myself. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then it was just kind of getting long and boring. We did, we were like at the gym two hours a day. Mm-hmm doing the same shit over and over and I was just like okay sorry can I swear I yeah yeah absolutely no absolutely <laughs> bring it on uh-huh. <laughs> um so yeah so and we just kind of got randomly introduced into CrossFit and I was instantly hooked what about it got you hooked I mean is it that every day is a competition or yeah what was it I think probably part of it was the competitive side of it the challenging side of it um mm-hmm. you know the fact that every day I'm sore, even seven years into it, mm-hmm. I'm still sore every day. Um, and it's just different, you know, like you don't get bored. You can't get bored. Yeah. The stuff that you don't want to do and the stuff that, you know, like you see the workout and you're like, ugh, that's going to suck. Mm-hmm. But, you know, deep down you're like, you know, it's going to suck, but I like the challenge of it. So I'm going to go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up at the CrossFit Games? <laughs> um, so we we do the Open. So the, those that don't know about CrossFit, yeah. um, every, every year there's a, there's a year-long season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts with um, what's called the Opens. The Opens are a five-week series where every week, every Thursday night for five weeks, you get a workout released and you have until Monday to perform it. Um, you submit your scores online, um, and the workouts are all judged. And so the standards that you have to meet and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the five weeks, you know, you have a ranking. The cool thing about that is that it is for everybody. Um, you know, there's this, anyone around the world that has access to the equipment can do the opens. And so it's a cool way to see like where you're at fitness wise relative to like your friends or someone in a different country or your age group or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the opens, they have uh, what's called regionals Um, and regionals. They take the top 20 from um, every region. And so you go to the regionals then Um, they combine some of the regions to make what they call these super regions. Um, And from the super regionals, you get um, the top five people of the 40 qualify for the games and the games is like the world championships Mm -hmm. and so at the games there's 40 people how did we end up there we did the opens in 2012 um qualified for regionals but it was the week before my olympic trials i think (laughs) Um, in the uk so obviously i wasn't you know i was dead set on going to the olympics and so we um I, i gave i didn't do it and i went to my trials and everything the next year, we said, okay, well, let's let's just give it a go. Let's see what we'll get to. We did the Opens, qualified for regionals. Didn't really expect to qualify for the Games and qualified for the Games. And then so since then, it's been a yearly thing. 
That's awesome. I've been obsessed with the documentaries on the games. I watch yeah. them every time I'm like on the trainer in the winter and you know riding away. I just watch them instead of bike races for some reason. Yeah. So, what is it actually like being there? Is it completely insane? It's it's actually really awesome. Like the CrossFit community is so much fun and so supportive. Um, I've been in a bunch of different competitive sports um obviously only two at this level but the camaraderie between all the athletes even mm. the ones competing for like the top spots um just everyone's cheering everyone on everyone's so supportive of each other there's no like ill wishing on anybody there's no like you know it's, it's everyone talks to everybody and everyone cheers everybody on and it's the coolest experience ever um and then just the energy of like all the spectators too i mean you have like hundreds of thousands of like super fit people that are there like cheering you on you know yeah um with so much energy to because you know they love it um it's, it's very cool that's awesome okay so the the couple things i've seen that stand out is always that first there's been that first event that like run, where you're running into the ocean and there's a swim uh, is yeah. it is it as crazy happening as it looks on the video so that one year um where we all guys and girls all went together yeah that was that was pretty wild there was a lot of kicking and pulling and yanking and everything going on that year <laughs> um that was the first year everybody there was like a mass start in other years you know the guys have gone and then the girls have gone yeah so it hasn't been so bad that year was pretty wild yeah I can imagine I I race a lot of triathlons and whenever they do a combined start like that you just have these big dudes just kind of like basically yeah. swimming over you <laughs> It gets brutal. Um, and you've, you've had a couple of first place finishes in events at the games. Um, so I want to go through those ones. So you had the beach in 2014. What is that one? That was, um, oh, what do we have to do? We had to do a 250 meter swim, come out, do some burpees, do some kettlebell thrusters, do a 500 meter swim, do some burpees, thrusters, and then do a 250 meter swim. So are you a really good swimmer? Um, I wouldn't say I'm really good. I did swim in high school. Okay. Um, and I think that was the f second year they put swimming in, I think. Second or third year they put swimming in. So people, it was still really new to the sport, mm -hmm. um, actually being a competition, like a swimming in the competition. Um, but no, I don't know. I, I guess I do okay swimming there. Um, I can get better, but I do okay on it. That actually reminds um, me. So with the games, they tend to put in like one activity that's sort of a, a random almost every year. Yeah. So I swimming. mean, it is the sport of fitness, right? So mm -hmm. you want to try and get in everything, cover everything as yeah. much as you can. Yeah. So the cycling community was super excited in 2017 because you guys were in Madison <laughs> and there was cyclocross, cyclocross. <laughs> which is sort of my sport of choice. So now I have to ask, how was cyclocross in CrossFit? Um, it was fun. I wouldn't really say it was quite to the extreme that you guys do it, maybe. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that event. We didn't have clips on our shoes. So getting to like the jumps of the logs and stuff mm -hmm. that was a little bit scary because your feet would just slide off, you know, yeah. whereas being able to like jump your tires over. Um, so that made it a little bit challenging. A couple of people took some good wipeouts on those. Um, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. It was, it was cool to do something totally different. 
Yeah. And so you and I have a mutual friend, uh, Chris Mayhew, who is a cyclocross coach. So when you got home and saw him at CrossFit, were you just like, oh my gosh, I suddenly understand your sport so much more? <laughs> um, yeah. So I met him a couple, I think I met him like once or twice beforehand. And then when he came home uh, and we started chatting, um, <laughs> again, I was like, I don't think we do it quite to the same extreme. <laughs> I don't think, I think that was like very beginner level cyclocross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was not super professional level cyclocross. No, but no, nonetheless, nope. <laughs> it's, it is definitely a very, you know, different kind of sport, especially for, I mean, if I think of the people I've met in CrossFit, it is, they're not so much normally cyclists. <laughs> no, um, you're not, um, you know, the thing with those sports, and it's cool um, in a way, is that, like, you're fit enough to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can make it work. You can tell that people with, you know, endurance or triathlon backgrounds do well in it because they had biking experience. They knew how to. And a lot of it on that course was gear changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you knew how to change gears, okay, you did pretty good on the course. Yeah, I watched um, so, some of like the feed before it, and it was people that were literally saying they're like, "I have no idea like how to change gears or like just how to do any of that stuff." Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, so you have like if you have a little bit of a biking background, um, you kind of get that you have that advantage. But then there's times you know where um, that it's a max lift sport, a max lift event, and <laughs> it's not necessarily in the endurance athletes, you know wheelhouse so yeah um everyone has their opportunities to succeed and not <laughs> in certain events mm-hmm. um and speaking of succeeding in the events so then the other one you you won was the sandbag in 2015 so what did that yeah. one look like so that one was <laughs> we were in a tennis stadium um at the top of one side was a bunch of bags weighing anywhere from 20 to 20 or 25 pounds up to 100 pounds maybe or 70 pounds uh, so i think there was uh eight six or eight 20 25 pound ones four 50 pound ones and a 70 pound one um we had to drag them bring them down the stairs toss them onto the tennis stadium floor load them into a wheelbarrow take them across the floor toss them back up into the steps and then carry them up the steps the other side um it was just an odd event, and I'm really fortunate that my coach, um, my husband Brad, is really good at getting you ready for random shit throughout the year. <laughs> um, and, you know, we just had a strategy going into it. I had no idea where anybody else was. I had no idea, like, previous heat times or anything like that. I just went in. We did our strategy. My biggest fear was not letting the t- wheelbarrow tip over halfway across the floor. Oh, yeah. Um, just because I didn't want to look like a jackass, really. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was one of those grinding odd events again that we just, we've done weird stuff in training and it worked out. I feel like if I was your husband and coach, the weird stuff would just be all like things around the house that I didn't want to do. Like, Oh, I need the firewood all loaded, like into the house. <laughs> this is today's yeah. training. <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> so sneaky. I know, right? Always training. Yep. Uh, and then the other one you won was the rope chipper. And I saw that and I was just like, what the hell is that? So the rope chipper, that was, again, a fun event. Um, it was some 
What did we do? We did ski erg, some heavy double unders, which is the jump rope. Um, we did some biking, then some rowing, biking, skiing, all with double unders in between. And then we had to pull a sled across the tennis stadium floor. Sounds and the super fun. Sled was loaded with, I want to say, 180 pounds, maybe. Okay. I don't know. It was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Yeah. And so, okay, first of all, are you planning on competing in 2018 or are you now kind of shifting towards sailing again? So, the plan is this year I am competing team at regionals with my team from my gym. Um, depending how that goes, um, if we qualify for the games, I'll go team with them. If we don't qualify for the games, um, I've qualified for the Masters 35 to 39-year-olds group, and um, I will go Masters this year. Okay, so what does the team thing mean exactly? So team, it's just a, a different division. Um, okay. It's two guys, two girls, um, and you complete events either as a team or everybody completes a certain portion of something of an event. Or um, again, it's nobody really knows what's going to be thrown at us. We'll wait and see what what they announce. Oh, that's cool. So, how do you how do you feel about the team thing? Because I mean, sailing is one or two people usually, and I mean the games has been individual for you. Are how are you how are you with team sports? Um, I'm okay. I would say I uh, I did team for the 2012 Olympics. I did sail with two other girls, okay. and so I learned very quickly. Um, how to be a team player. I, to be honest, I grew up sailing more double-handed boats, so I sailed a lot with my brother. Oh, And all, right. all the people in the world, like, your brother's not going to take any shit from you. So there were times we had, uh, you know, our yelling matches, but he, he taught me how to respect, like, teammates and, and opinions and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I learned, you know, at a younger age that. So then, um, so, yeah, no, I think team team events are fun. Um it's definitely a different game than individual competition mm-hmm. because you do have other people and you have to trust them and you have to kind of release that control a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm still very much learning how to do team anything. I'm definitely more of an individual sport person. So <laughs> it's, it's a shift for sure. Yes. <laughs> Um, and now, okay, so now you actually co-own a CrossFit box, is that the correct term? That is, yep. Okay, so it's T2 CrossFit in Pittsburgh. Uh, how did you end up co-owning that with your husband? Uh, so, uh, yeah, my husband and I, um, we owned a different gym with another couple, and then we split away and did our, opened up our own gym. Okay. Because it's, it's been a goal of ours you have our own gym one day and uh, you know the opportunity was right it was you know the right time to do it so we mm-hmm. did it yeah I mean it seems like everyone I know does CrossFit at this point so there's definitely <laughs> something a, about a smart it. <laughs> yeah smart business to start um and was it tough starting a business when you're also competing in that sport so that's been you know, your job as an athlete and now you're also a business owner. It is a lot of work. Um, but I love it. Um, you know, there's times when 
we get to I get to the gym super early at five o'clock to open up. I'll coach two classes. You know, I'll do some training. I'll do some work. And I'll coach another get class, and then I'll do some more training, and then come home and work all afternoon, or coach in the afternoons too. So it just it depends, but you know we we've got a good balance between us and what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and how how it works. Unfortunately, we opened it with my parents as well, so they've been super helpful um, in getting it going. That's awesome, um, and helping me with that. Yeah. So, what does a week of training look like for you? Are you just doing the CrossFit workouts, or do you add in? I mean, you have sailing. Do you do anything on top of both of those? Um, I don't do anything addition to sailing because uh, what I do in CrossFit gets me pretty in good, in pretty good shape. So that's why I'm set for sailing. Um, we, um, I have my strength sessions and skill sessions that I do um, every day, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, at least one workout if not two depending on the time of year oh man okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there with I'm so interested in like beginners starting in CrossFit because I feel like I see this all the time where you have someone go from like zero to a hundred with CrossFit so when someone comes to you and they're you know just not super athletic and they want to start CrossFit how do you get them into it safely so we everybody would start with an introductory class, um, and I, I teach that at our gym, um, and we go over the fundamental movements that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, the two goals of it is one to kind of get you as a newcomer to be comfortable with more of the technical movements and not feel so overwhelmed and be like, okay, I can can do this. You're right, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know you finish each session of it with a workout too, so it kind of eases you into. Um, I would say easier because the first workout it's hard uh, and everyone you know finishes it and they're like wow that was really hard and mm-hmm. it's kind of a shock to the system because it's only like a six seven minute workout that they do mm-hmm. but it's it's cool to see like how exhausted you get after six minutes or seven minutes um, and then from there like I learn you as an athlete so going forward um, I can tell the other coaches okay this is um John and he is really good at this he needs a little work on this mobility um we're going to keep his weights light well keep weights light absolutely for everybody Mm -hmm. um until we're comfortable with form um once form and technique is right um then we'll slowly start adding weights from there but by no means do we ever crank on weights on people Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's all about form once you get comfortable with the form and we're comfortable with your form We'll uh, start letting you add weights from there. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why do we do it? We do it because some of us take it to the extreme and compete. Um, but that's not what CrossFit is. CrossFit is about creating healthier lifestyles mm-hmm. um, and uh, basically bringing up the overall um, fitness and, and health of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't care how much you can deadlift. I don't care how much you can back squat. I want you to be able to deadlift and back squat, you know, still in a year's time in the best shape of your life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and loving it and being able to do now what you didn't think you would be able to do before. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, okay. So the other person I think that does CrossFit though, is people like me who maybe have a little too much fitness coming in in and therefore and like I'm gonna throw myself under the bus like I slipped a disc when I did CrossFit like five years ago because 
I went in, you know, having lifted weights before and having, you know, competed pretty seriously in triathlon. So I definitely like swaggered in and like instantly like was competitive with everyone in there. I don't think they were competitive with me. I was just uber competitive. <laughs> so do you ever deal with that? And like, how do you back somebody, like calm someone like me down? Um, again, it goes back to the same thing. Like if you're fit, like those things will push you on the, the run. If there's a run in the workout, I'll expect you to run it fast, mm-hmm. you know? But if this is day two of CrossFit and there's deadlifts, you know, I'm going to make sure that you're doing a lightweight because, um, even if you've deadlifted before, there's a difference between deadlifting in strength session and the deadlifting in a workout. Mm-hmm. And if you deadlift, let's say a hundred pounds in a strength session, three times, you've pulled 300 pounds. But if I put 50 pounds on your bar and you have to do 20 reps of that, okay, you're no longer pulling 300 pounds. You're pulling, you know, what is that? <laughs> 50 times. A lot? <laughs> yeah. 600 pounds, right? Or more. More, so, yeah. Like a thousand, um, I think? Yeah, so, 20 times So you 50. have to look at it like like that. Like it's not – yeah, I know you. I know 50 pounds sounds really easy, but over 20 reps, how much weight is that that you're moving? Yeah. Um, and so that's the way we kind of approach it, and that's the way um, I would kind of kindly tell you <laughs> to – put a certain weight on your bar Mm -hmm. and again more often than not I would rather you go too light on a weight Mm -hmm. and move quickly than um put too much weight on struggle and hurt yourself Mm -hmm. like we're not here to set records we're not here to you know um if if you're wanting to compete at the games that's fine that's a goal that we set but we have to work to that we're not starting training for that today we we have to build up you know to that level yeah absolutely um, on so. that note, though, if one is competing with oneself during the like workout of the day part of a CrossFit class, do you have any tips for just like how to look at it and kind of think about any different workout and like figure out how to tackle it the most efficiently and effectively? So the first thing that we do is we try and make sure that everybody knows like what the goal of the workout is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Is it, what's the time frame that we're looking for? How many rounds are we looking for in the AMRAP? Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, like that kind of allows each athlete to figure out what they need to do to accomplish that goal. Um, you know, and everybody, every, every gym has their own philosophy, but this is ours. Um, and, and that's what we want you to get. And so from there, we'll help you figure out, okay, how you should scale the workout so that you can accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm. If you're super competitive with yourself, your goal is to hit that time frame and or to hit the number of rounds um, with the given skill set that we suggest or the weights that we suggest. Um, that is winning. All right? Doing a heavyweight or doing the RX, in my opinion, if, if you do the RX but it takes you five times longer than it should, have you really done it? Or did you just do a really long workout? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. You know, so like what I guess the biggest thing to ask would be what's the point of the what? What's the goal? Mm-hmm. Um, and then use that to be competitive with yourself. And then and in that, like you have to be competitive and honest with yourself when it comes to form. Like, okay, how is my form holding up? Do I need to take a break to like fix my form? Do I need to take the weight down so I can keep my form perfect. Um, you know, um, 
depending on the movement, do you need to scale the movement down? So if you pull up the, you know, now you're only doing singles because you're so tired, should you switch to jumping pull-ups so that you can keep that intensity up? You know, every, mm-hmm. like I said, every, every gym has their own philosophy on how they approach it. That's ours. Um, and uh, that's, I would say, how to be competitive with yourself. I like that. So you mentioned pull-ups, and I want to touch on them. Any tips for getting a pull-up? I know so many people who just struggle, and that's just one of those things that they want to be able to do. Practice, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I can uh, be like, hey, you can just go buy this, and it'll give you a pull-up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, practice. Your coaches um, coaches should be able to give you drills and stuff. and. Um, yeah, there's, there's a whole different bunch of things that you can do to get it. Um, the biggest thing for ladies is developing those lat muscles mm-hmm. um, because, you know, they're just, we don't for some reason develop them as well as guys at a younger age. So um, just developing those, understanding them, knowing how to move them and activate them and doing different drills to get to that point will then help you get that pull up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the other movement I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know if you'll have any advice on this, is uh, in the CrossFit Games, I always see that uh, the handstand walking situation yeah. happening. How does one learn to do that? Uh, <laughs> um, again, there's a lot of, a lot of drills. Yeah. Um, a lot of falling over. Um, no, you start, uh, you start against the wall, right? Obviously, first things first, you need to be able to do a handstand. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've never gone upside down, you start on a headstand just to get comfortable with being upside down and you start kicking into a handstand. Um, and that being said, like you've got to have shoulder strength to do that. So if you don't have the shoulder strength to be able to hold yourself up, we'd start with strengthening shoulders in an overhead position. Yeah. Um, and then from there it's, you know, walking sideways along the wall. It's trying to do a freestanding ho- uh, handstand with a spotter. Mm-hmm. And then it's walking with a spotter and then it's maybe walking off the wall or free walking on the floor. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's a progression and it's one of those things that you have to practice. It's, it's so, a skill. It's so funny. I'm in yoga teacher training right now and we did a you know big thing on inversions. And of course we did handstands and not once did the instructor mention the shoulder strength component and I think I was the only one that could like actually stay up without having support because I actually can, you know, lift my body weight. And it was amazing. Like the disconnect. Cause everyone's just like, wow, you have great balance. I'm like, no, I just have some level of strength. I have terrible balance to be honest, <laughs> but I can do yeah, it. I mean, being an athlete, you understand your muscles, you know how to control your muscles. And that's a big thing. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most graceful gymnast, but I can <laughs> I can walk along the floor a certain distance. Exactly. Um, not because of balance, because I can control my muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I know we kind of talked about this just in, you know, starting with lighter weights and stuff, but how can someone avoid getting hurt in CrossFit? Like, I know it's not the only sport where people get injured, obviously, but... I think there, you know, obviously is a propensity to kind of accidentally overdo it. Do you find yourself having to like tell people to chill out a lot during class or how do you handle that? Um, we just, we make a good, we try and get a good conversation going with our athletes, um, daily, you know, we, we want them to come and tell us if something's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, 
will happily modify workouts to help them um, still get a solid workout in, but not risk injury on something that's hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really like part of it's on your yourself, you know, like your, your trainers, your coaches um, need to be good. They need to know like what's wrong with you. They need to be able to help you modify and adapt and help you figure out ways that you should do and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, part of it is on us, like us being the athletes ourselves, yeah. like knowing, okay, well, you know, I'm tired today. I should probably take a rest day. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just, I would say open conversation, open communication between your coaches and the athletes is the best way to prevent injury. Um, again, and not again, but the, one of the biggest things I, I say, um, is, uh, check your ego at the door. Like, don't bring your ego into the gym. Oh, that is such good advice. If you bring your ego in the gym, you're going to get in trouble. And that is how I get in trouble every time. (laughs) (laughs) The curse of the competitive person. Yeah. Um, And then, okay, I have to ask because, so my, my husband and I work a lot together too. He occasionally coaches me when I have big events coming up. And I know I kind of want to murder him like half the time. He also co-hosts the podcast with me. Um, so we, we do a lot together. How do you manage that? We have a rule. We actually, um, he started as my coach. Right. Um, and then we became friends and then we started dating and then we got married. Um, but we set a rule from the beginning. What happens at the gym stays at the gym. Mm-hmm. So if he gets mad at me, we get like five minutes on the way home to sulk and pout. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get five minutes to sulk and pout and he gets five minutes to be mad at me um, outside of the gym. And then that's it. Then we leave it there and we move on with life. I like that. It's like gym Anna and then like real life Anna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this works well for us. So we. I think that's great. Keep that going. It's that's like a constant struggle for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to also use this podcast as a chance to talk about a thing I'm working on for an article since obviously CrossFit, you know, is very high intensity. Do you have any advice for people who don't have like the full hour to do a workout? Like say someone has 30 minutes to do a workout. As someone that's into CrossFit and high intensity stuff, what kind of workout would you do in like half an hour? <laughs> um the good thing is that there very few CrossFit workouts take half an hour. Mm, true. A difficult time domain for a CrossFit workout would probably be somewhere between that 8 to 12, maybe 15-minute time frame, mm-hmm. which gives you time to warm up and then do your workout. Um, That's true. That's a good point. And, and I mean, then as long as you're keeping it constantly varied, that's – that's what you're looking for. Yeah. So, and do you know, are there any like ways to find some of those CrossFit workouts that maybe wouldn't involve like needing to have crazy gear or anything like something that I could just do at home? Would they have those online? They are, like if you Google like travel workouts and stuff, there's, oh, yeah. there's people, there's things that are up there. Um, they're more, they're just body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different, you know, because if you're doing just body weight stuff, there's only so much variety you can have. You know, sure. there are times when you want light, quick stuff, and there's times when you do want the heavy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, I use the word heavy, but it's relative. Um, so, uh, 
like that's what keeps the constantly varied side of, of the sport. Yeah. I think that's what I love the most about CrossFit is, is just that variety every time. It's also a little intimidating to me or like a little, like almost scary to walk in and not know what's going to happen that day, but in a pretty positive way. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then actually, this is probably a good question since, as we said in the beginning, you're you're sore a lot of the time. What's what's your best tips for dealing with soreness from CrossFit workouts? Do you have a uh, good like self care <laughs> type things? Um, ice baths or cryotherapy. Um, a good protein, a good clean protein. Water. Oh, yes. Um, I wear um, Skins recovery gear a lot. Okay, is that like um, compression stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it's designed specifically for recovery versus mm-hmm. um, active wear. Um, and then, yeah, good nutrition too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm super about eating clean and healthy food. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a missing piece for so many people. And I mean, unfortunately, especially for people who, you know, really do just use like the one hour, four times a week at the gym type thing as their workouts and like call it kind of good with exercise. Yeah. Then you see what they're eating during a week and you're like, oh, no wonder you're sore and like unhappy all the time. Yeah. It's amazing how much nutrition plays into kind of overall fitness. Yeah, for sure. So what's your like favorite meal to eat like post-workout? <laughs> Um, I'll be honest, I'm really boring. Um, I eat a lot of the same things. <laughs> my favorite all-time favorite meal, I would say, like, my quick favorite all-time meal go-to is, like, sweet potato, Brussels sprouts, and chicken. Oh, dear. My Which... my husband's just going to show up at your house just to, like, <laughs> warn you. He's sweet potato obsessed. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I do like cooking though I I cook a lot when I can um, Mm. when time permits I like to make all sorts of good healthy stuff yeah for sure awesome All right, where can people find you and the CrossFit gym online Um, our gym is T2 CrossFit Um, we are in Bridgeville Pennsylvania which is right outside Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and um, yeah there's a whole bunch of information on the website and our emails on there. So if there's any ever any questions, they can email me and I'll be. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, you can check out my stuff over at theoutdooredit.com or by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly J. Herford. And you can check out Peter's coaching, training plans, blogs, all that fun stuff over at smartathlete.ca or by following him on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Glassford. And if you want to support this show and other awesome podcasts, please check out wideanglepodium.com for show info, other podcasts, bonus content, and to become a donating member so you can get all of that rad behind-the-scenes content and help keep shows like this on the air. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the information that we're bringing to you every single week, Uh, Do us a solid and pop into iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Takes you about two seconds. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your phone. And it really helps us out. Thanks so much. And we will see you next week.